Man, that peanut shell. Does anybody else need a cop drop? I'll, I'll take one. Okay, here's that. Thanks. Oh, you bet. That that was cool. Look that at turned that. out good. <laughs> they both eat it at the same time, though. <laughs> that was so good. That actually went so well. My goodness, that was awesome. You gonna solo that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not running. Uh, I found if you're watching it on YouTube, it's more interesting when you can actually see people. Yeah. Well, on Spotify, you can actually see us too now. So, I've, really? Yeah. I added in video implementation. In, in, video implementation. So. Yeah. What are you guys speaking Gaelic? The sacred Here, let's, tongue. Let's see how I look this morning. <laughs> sacred tongue. Hello, everyone. This is the DS Vault Podcast, episode nine. Last episode, we talked about how pizza is actually just an unfolded taco, and also we were discussing who in the group of DS Vault eats corn the long way. <laughs> Zane. You eat corn the long way. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, Blake. You just walked into something. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. It's a, it was, yeah, you need to listen to episode eight. It was awesome. It was such a good uh-huh. episode. Had to be there. Well. Yeah, had to be there. Had to be there. All right. Oh, yeah. It was such a good one. All right, but this is episode nine, so let's go ahead and start in prayer, and then we'll go ahead and kick it off. All right. Dear Holy Father... Thank you so much for bringing all uh, this dear group of guys together and that we're able to just know each other from just um, DS Vault and from this amazing group and that we can just show um, your power to everyone via your word in the Bible and just um, bring to light um, truths that you have shown to us that um, we should show others and um just thank you so much for blessing um, this group of guys and as well as this podcast and just how just great you are, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Sweet. Okay. All right. So I'm going to have to get a glass of water. I'll be right back. Okay. So Wade in this episode wanted to talk about um, go in depth about something. And I don't know. Did he... In episode, I forget which episode it was, but I think he already talked about, um, hold on, let me look at my notes real quick. Um, did he, cause he messaged me on Discord, he, he messaged me on Discord and was asking if, um, he can read the story of Ruth today. Didn't he already read the story of Ruth? <laughs> We've done Esther. I don't he think did, we, he, we did Esther. We didn't do yeah, Ruth. Did okay, that's what it was. Okay, I couldn't remember if we already did it or not, because sometimes I flip those. Okay, so yeah. So you wanted to talk about the story of Ruth and um, go in-depth with that. And then also, okay. um, Zane and uh, all them went on vacation. So we could talk a little bit about that at the, towards the end of the podcast. So. Sweet. We had a fun time. Awesome. Um, okay. So, <clears throat> tonight, 
This is June 4th, 2022. Tonight is the beginning of Shavuot. Shavuot is also known as Pentecost. Mm -hmm. Shavuot stands for, in Hebrew, seven sevens, or um, uh, 49 days. So you have seven sevens that are counted off from Passover, right? And the day after that, um, after the seven sevens have passed, it's a holy convocation, and uh, you are to bring two leavened loaves of bread to the Lord um, to, mm. as, as an offering. Um, this is an offering of the first fruits. So there are two first fruits festivals. One is the barley harvest, which, which happens just after, um, just after here I'm. I'm doing the butter 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 thing again. You're okay. Speaking in, in Gaelic. Real, real quick, is that a Sonic hat? <laughs> a Sonic hat? It it's looks like Sonic. Oh, it's a Patriots. <laughs> it's Patriots. Oh, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, it, it looks like with like with the red socks and with the blue, it looked like a Sonic character. <laughs> I am, I am. I've been following the Patriots since 1982 nice. in their tragic loss to the the Chicago Bears, which for many, many years was the worst blowout in history. Um, but my uncle actually lifted weights in college with the quarterback from back then. And uh, I thought, oh, that's a good reason as any to pick up an NFL team. So I have followed them through many, many, many years of tragic losses cool and then all of a sudden they got the goat yeah first i got drew bloodstone um and stand uh bill parcells they'll start turning around and he got drew bloodstone and then they traded and they got um um <clears throat> uh, brady tom brady and tom brady was the backup quarterback then drew got hurt and then tom stepped up and has led them to Many, 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 many wins. Mm -hmm. and now he's gone, and we're stuck with a, my opinion, a very amoral coach who doesn't know how to win without cheating. And I would love to see that guy retire. I would rather have a losing team that's honest than a winning team that is dishonest. True. But yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thank goodness Tom Brady's gone because now I actually have a chance of winning with the Green Bay Packers. So. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I want to bet on that. I know Aaron Rodgers is so old. He's like what sixty now? <laughs> Something like that. It's Tom Brady. No. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a fine guy, though. He's yeah, I like him. All right. All right. Well, anyways, back to Ruth. Sorry about yeah, the tangent. Yeah, it's fine. So Shavuot, also known as Pentecost, in Greek. So, Greek penta meaning, well, Pentecost 50. Um, a couple things to recognize is Shavuot is when they gave the law of Moses was presented. Mm -hmm. The Ten Commandments were presented on the mountain. Um, he came down at the time. There were 3,000 people, it sounds like, who were really putting Aaron up making this golden calf. And there were sounds of reveling in the camp below. So... Moses came down, saw that happening, and um, long story short, the Levites decided to uh, 
stand up and they killed 3000 of these people that were mm. pushing for the uh, the golden calf literally right underneath god right god is present in the cloud on the mountain and here they are worshiping a golden calf right at his feet right i mean nobody in the history of the world that we know of in any religion has had their God descend upon a mountain and be present. That's and true. right in the presence of God, they're worshiping a false idol, which doesn't speak, doesn't talk, doesn't show his presence at all other than what they've made. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insanity, which we are seeing nowadays quite oftentimes too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, 3,000 people were killed by the Levites that day. Fast forward to the time of the apostles. Jesus was on the earth for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Ten days later, after he had ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit came and he came upon the apostles. And uh, they started witnessing to all these different Jews that were present in Jerusalem at the time of, uh, of Shavuot. And uh, they heard the gospel. They heard the good news, which mm-hmm. is what the gospel means. It means the good news. And 3,000 were added to the number of believers that day. So the law brought death. We talked about this last night. And Jesus brings life. Right. So it's interesting that you see God making differentiate differentiation. And there's there's more also in the book of Ruth that you'll you'll see what's going on here, especially with the kinsman redeemer. Mm-hmm. Jesus is our redeemer. Um there's also the the two loaves of bread, the two loaves of bread that are brought at Shavuot have leavening in them represent sinful man and our need for um, basically cleansing of our sins. Um, And those two leavened bread are brought before God. And uh, the, a lot of the Messianic Jews say this represents one represents the Gentiles. The other represents the Jews and that both peoples are brought before God and uh, you know, God accepts them both. So, um, that is also repeated in Ruth. So I'm going to go ahead and read it. I'm going to go ahead and read the NIV version um, because sometimes they use Jewish words and Jewish names in the complete Jewish Bible. And Ruth in, in, in Hebrew is, is root. So it could confuse people. Gotcha. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife, and two sons went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The name of the man was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. Mm. His two sons were named Machalon and Kilion. Or Kilion. Um, they were from Ephrathim. Um, from, so in Hebrew it would be Bethlehem, which means um, house of bread. So, or Bethlehem. So they're uh, Ephrathites from Bethlehem and Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Limelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. <clears throat> they married Moabite women, one named Orpha and the other Ruth. Mm-hmm. By the way, a little bit of trivia here. Oprah was named, I think, Orpha originally, if I remember right. The story goes. This could be hearsay. I don't know. I don't really want to talk to Oprah to find out the truth in it. Hearsay, Your Honor. Yeah. I heard they misspelled the name 
and that's how she ended up with the name Oprah. Oprah. Yeah. They transposed the P and the R. But there's something you need to know about Orpha, and we'll get to it here. Um, And the other Ruth. And they lived there about 10 years. Both Mahalan and Kilian also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. When Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had come to the aid of his people by providing food for them, her daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. (laughs) The other thing about this road is it's basically going through desert. They had to actually go down into the Dead Sea Valley and back out and up. So there's, as far as water and things go, I have no clue how they were able to. And it's 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 a journey. On walking, it could be, I think, three to five days. So it's they would have had to carry probably water with them or buy water along the way. I don't know. Wow. Um, but it's a hot, hard road. Because you're going down below sea level and then climbing back up out of it. Mm-hmm. When Naomi heard, uh, go on. Then Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go back, each of you, to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye. They wept aloud and said to her, we will go back to you with your people. But Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, my daughters. I am too old to have another husband, even if I thought there was still hope for me. Mm. Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters. It is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord has turned has turned against me. But he really hasn't. Right. As they wept aloud again, then Orpha kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. So Orpha is the one that turned away. Hmm. She had a chance, but she turned away. <clears throat> Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Mm. This is the Gentile people who accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And we are the engrafted branches. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. When we're mm. grafted into him, we take, we become part of that vine um, and we receive nourishment from its roots. Mm -hmm. So here is Ruth essentially representing the Gentile people in this story and how those of us who believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior are saved. Anyway, your God will be my God, or your people my people, your God my God. Where you die, I will die. There I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, even if death separates you and me. <clears throat> I ate some nuts earlier, and I've got like a nutshell or something in my throat. Uh-oh. Tickling it. Anyway, sorry about that. When Naomi realized Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. 
So the two women went on until they came to Bethlehem. Mm. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And women exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Remember, this is probably a smaller, I mean, Bethlehem's never been huge. Right. Um, Don't call me Naomi, she said. Call me Mara. Because the Almighty in my life very bitter. Mara means bitter. Mm. It's also another another version of that name is Mary, which means bitterness. Okay. <clears throat> or Miriam. Miriam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem at, as the barley harvest was beginning. The barley harvest is, again, right after Passover. All right. This is why this is um, told around this time of the year, because you have the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. It's mm-hmm. basically uh, it's tradition to read the story of Ruth um near um oh after passover near shavuot or around shavuot now naomi had a relative on her husband's side a man from the clan of elimelech whose name was boaz and ruth the moabite said to naomi let me go let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone whose eyes i find favor in whose eyes i find favor as this is so they wouldn't starve and this is one of the reasons why God put in the law when you leave in the fields, don't go clear to the edges. Mm-hmm. Leave a little bit for the for the the widow and the orphan, so they'd have something to eat. Naomi said to her, "Go ahead, my daughter." So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, any field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted his his harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of the harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer overseer replied, she is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. Mm. He said, please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained there from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field, and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting, are harvesting, and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you, and whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. So, okay, so he noticed her. It doesn't say whether Ruth was pretty or not, but obviously Boaz noticed her. Right. Um, if I can ask a question real quick. Yeah, of course. Go ahead. For those unfamiliar, when is this story taking place, like chronologically in the Bible? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. It's taking place during the time of the judges. So this is after they've entered the land. Joshua, they've gone out and they've conquered everyone they're going to conquer. And it doesn't say what judge this is happening under. And I don't think anyone really knows. Um, but it's back in the days when the judges were judging. So, so there is no king be, in Israel. No, there's no like king that. in Israel. Mm-hmm. So this is a couple generations before King David, which would have been during the time of Saul 
um, during the time of Samuel the prophet. So this okay. is pre pre Samuel the prophet. Okay. Okay. Um, gotcha. right. I don't know exactly when. I'd have to to go through Judges again, and then you could kind of figure out like maybe around what time what Judges. Hmm. Um, this would have been during. <clears throat> So the okay. kind of the important thing is it's happening during the time of judges when most people or most Israelites weren't following God. Yeah. And everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. Oh. Which I think makes Boaz that you know, yeah. even a bit more incredible. Yeah. Because he right. follows the law he does. during this time yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you. That thank you, Blake. That actually set some ground rules. That was good. That's good very question. good. Thank you. No problem. All right. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She asked him, what have I found? Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a mm. foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you didn't know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. In other words, Naomi was older. Remember, by the time you were 40 back then, you were old. Yeah. Um, and Ruth is basically taking care of her mother-in-law. Anyway, may the Lord pay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Okay, so that's that part right center, and under whose wings you have come to take refuge. That will come again later on in the story, something similar to that. Mm. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. If you have put you have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have a standing as one of your servants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here and have some the bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. Um in other translations there's olive oil and vinegar. It's a mixture for and it flavors the bread. So olive oil and vinegar. Okay. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. Then she got up to glean. Boaz gave orders to the men. Let her gather among the sheaves and don't reprimand her. Even pull some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the harv in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley after she had gathered and it amounted to about a measure or uh, an effin. That's another important thing. So she had one measure. She carried it back to town, and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out brought out, and gave to her what she had left after she had eaten enough. So she's mm-hmm. given her mother-in-law some rosy grain. Okay. So, um, so it comes out to other other versions say one bushel, an effa. Um, but just remember, it's, it's somewhere it's one measure of, of whatever. Anyway, her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she'd been working. The name of the man I work today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead. Then she oh. My pages are sticking. Oh, Hold no. On. <clears throat> Too many Cheetos while reading the Bible. Probably, Too many Cheetos. Yeah. Too many Doritos. Doritos. I can do the whole 
flick the finger and flip. But yeah, there you anyway, go. That man is our close relative. He's one of our guardian redeemers. He's one of our kinsmen redeemers. I don't like it says guardian redeemers. It means kinsmen redeemers. So a redeeming kinsman in the law was if someone died, if a man died, and there weren't any brothers to marry the widow, a kinsman redeemer could come, take that woman as his wife, and then his first son would, be, would carry on the name of the dead relative. It would not have his name. Um, instead, it would carry on the name of the other one. <clears throat> this is going to be interesting because you're going to kind of see an exception in the story. Um, but at any rate, so a kinsman redeemer redeems the dead, redeems the lost name so it can continue on. <clears throat> then Ruth the Moabite said, he even said to me, stay with my workers until they finish harvesting my all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, it will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him, because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. Um, so Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvests were finished, and she lived with her mother-in-law. So it was the barley and wheat harvest. So she was there the whole 50 days. Mm. Wow. One day, Ruth's mother-in-law, Naomi, said to her, My daughter, I must find you a home. I must find a home for you where you'll be well provided for. Now, Boaz, with whose, whom, whose women you have worked, is a relative of ours. Tonight, he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash, put on perfume, and get dressed in your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, note the place where he is lying. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to what he will tell you what to do. Naomi's noticed this woman has my daughter-in-law has found favor with this man, and he's noticed her, and he's mm -hmm. been taking care of her and us. So she yeah. thinks hmm, there might be an interest. So if there Match is an interest, making mode activated. Yeah. yeah, dating simulator activated. I mean, working in a field for 50 days or whatever for both the barley and the wheat harvest, you'll get to know someone pretty well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you would know that because you do that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> ah, that's cool. Yeah, because you stop and you eat lunch together, you talk. Yeah. Okay, so here's Naomi going... Going, oh, yes, I shall find a husband for this woman. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, anyway. And she told her to wash and perfume. So, get prettied up. Anyway, they go down to the flesh and floor. Why would she uncover his feet? Because ankles are hot. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Victorian times. Ooh, look at that woman's ankles. But no, Not even a woman's there's a very though. practical. There's a very practical reason. Oh, okay. Well, um, to wash feet the feet. Cold. Feet get cold. That's an idea. Yeah. What happens when your feet get cold when you're when you're sleeping? It wakes you up. Wake up. Oh, yeah. You wake up. Like, oh man, my feet are cold, and you kick the covers back over them. True. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's a reason why she's doing it. He will tell you what to do. Um, at least do whatever. she didn't like get like a glass of like water and put like his hand in it or something. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say dump it on his face. Okay, that would be another <laughs> option. Put his hand in. Like that, that would be make the owner the this this rich man pee his pants and all and pee his robe in there. That ain't good. So, does anyone know why the uncovering of the feet or Yeah. To wake him up. Just That's a, what we've is been that talking the about. only reason? There's yeah. something like or is there like a or... Is there like a deeper meaning behind it, maybe? I don't know. No. Now, what she does later, there is. Okay. But the uncovering the feet is to wake him up in the middle of the just night. Just make him uncomfortable. Yeah, just make right. him uncomfortable. So, typically, Great only move. the men would sleep on the threshing floor. That's uh, that's a man's place. So, for a woman to be there is not exactly appropriate. Right. Um, and you'll sense. find out. So, listen. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly and uncovered his feet and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man. He turned, and there was a woman laying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment over me since you are a guardian, since you are a kinsman redeemer of our family. Okay. Hmm. Why is this important? So she is basically, she's laid down at his feet. She said, um, spread the corner of your garment. So what garment would it this have been? There's a thing called a, uh, uh, well, I'll just grab it and I'll show you. So okay. put pa- don't, you don't have to pause, but I'll be right back. All, All right, right, cool. This is interesting. I was thinking like a robe piece of clothing. Yeah. Just put, just, yeah, I mean, yeah. Imagine he w- was wearing socks. She just rips the socks <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like, just like uncovers the blankets. Oh no, he's wearing socks. The plan is, my plan is broken. So when you go grab some ice and put it at his feet. <laughs> I don't think yeah. they had that. I don't think it's they had Put his this feet in an talit. ice bucket. This is a talit. A talit. So this is something the Jewish men wear. And these things that are hanging from them are zitzits. The zitzits at the corner of your robes. These things stand for, for remembering the law of God. Mm. All right. That's a very fun word to say. Zitzit. Yeah, zitzit and a talit. So I don't know how big the talits were bit worth back then, but it could have been big enough that he could wrap himself up in it. Okay. Well, anyway, but this is a covering when a man goes, when, when a man would go to, to, to pray to the Lord mm-hmm. and to recite um, prayers, they cover their head with it. And it represents God's covering um, and his protection over us. All right. Also, we are being humble before God um, when we cover our heads and we pray to the Lord. Right. Mm -hmm. So Jews still do this to this day. Messianic Jews still do it. And I don't have it. I don't have it right, but I'm not going to worry about it. Anyway, um, I'm your servant, Ruth. Spread the corner of your garment, your talit over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer of our family. She is basically saying, I want to marry you. If you are willing, I am available. By spreading the garment over her, this would represent... Unity? 
is covering and protection over her. Oh, As okay. a husband covers and protects his wife. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. So she's saying, I am available. Huh. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. The kindness is, this kindness is greater than which you showed earlier. You have not run after younger men, whether rich or poor. And now my, because Boaz is older by this time. Maybe she's into them silver foxes. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> you have not run face. after the younger men, whether rich or poor. <laughs> and now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All the people of my own town know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I'm a, a kinsman redeemer of our family, there is another who is more closely related than I. Stay here for this night and in the morning. If he wants to do this duty as your guardian, as your kinsman redeemer, good. Let him redeem you. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Mm. Yeah, like I like that. On oh, sorry, I was gonna say I'd like to add on to this though that that also I think speaks to Ruth's character because she's a foreigner, yet everyone in the town apparently knows that she is a a godly woman, okay. a woman of noble character. Yeah, noble mm -hmm. character, exactly. a godly woman. So. Huh. Several things here. All right. So she's basically saying, I would accept you as my kinsman redeemer. Spread your garment over me. Cover me with your protection and your 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 holiness. All right. Um and he says, I will do it. But there is another kinsman redeemer closer. Two things. Jesus is our kinsman redeemer. But there was something else before him. It was the law. Oh. But the law could not save. Right. And you're going to see in this story, this other kinsman redeemer refuses. Um, and though it's left up to Boaz. So Boaz is, God is using this, this event in history as a way to foreshadow both um, what Jesus is going to do, but also to look back and go, hey, the law is not able to save, but my son is. My right hand will cover you. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you basically, you humble yourself. You sit at, at, at the feet, foot of the Lord saying, cover me with your, with your blood, with your salvation. Mm -hmm. um, redeem. Please redeem me. And Jesus does it. And the thing is, you, it's interesting here is that, okay, so she led his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognized. And he said, no one must know that a woman came to the threshing floor because that was a place for men. So he made sure she got out of there so there wouldn't be any shame involved. Um, he also said, bring me the shawl you're wearing and hold it out. Remember, she got one measure the first time. So he poured into it six measures of barley and placed the bundle on her. And he went back to town. How many how many measures of barley total was that? Seven. Seven. Mm -hmm. God's number of completion. completion. So even in this, God is bringing about. Um, he is a foreshadow of Jesus. So wow. Jesus um, fulfilled the law, um, which was basically one measure. So Jesus completed everything. Mm -hmm. um, this is a foreshadow of how Jesus was going to, to bring to completion um, what is going to be our salvation. Mm 
So anyway. Huh. Cool. So when Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, how did it go, my daughter? Then she told her everything Boaz had done to her. And she said, he gave me these six measures of barley saying, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. And Naomi said, wait, my daughter, until you find out what happens. For the man will not rest until the matter is settled today. Boaz dug her. He's like, okay, I'm going to make sure this happens. All right. Think about this. He's going to be getting married. And now he's been waiting for many, many years for this. In the same way, we are the bride of Christ. Um, When the time was right, here we have thousands of years go past. And Jesus fulfilled his portion of redeeming in three years Mm. from the beginning of his ministry. And in the length and breadth of time, that's not that long. That's pretty quick. But he had to go through. He had to do the correct things in order to redeem us. And so Boaz is also going to go through the correct things to redeem um, uh, Naomi and Ruth. So, all right. And he's going to come back for us. And I guarantee you, as a groom waiting for his bride, and he's been waiting now for 2,000 years, he's probably pretty anxious because he's been preparing a, a place for us in heaven. True. There are many rooms. Um, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you, I am going back to prepare a place for you, mm-hmm. he, which means he's going to come back for us. Yeah. Meanwhile, Boaz went into tent, uh, up to the town gate and sat down there just as the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along. Boaz said, come over here, my friend. Come over here and sit down. And he went over and sat down. Boaz then took ten of the elders of the town and said, sit here. So they did so. So they know something's up because he got ten town elders. Mm. In the city gates, man, that's where all the gossip, that's where all the things happened back then. All the old men sit around. It was the coffee shop of the day. Well, and it's where <laughs> official like business also could yeah. take place because of witnesses. Oh, because of what? Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, everyone goes in and out there. Common mm-hmm. meeting place. Yep. Yeah. So Boaz took 10 of the elders of the town and said, sit here, and they did so. Then he said, why a 10? Why 10? Because a 10, uh, 10 is what's called a minion. Um, it's uh, it's basically, hi, head now. Okay. Hold on, guys. I need to give my... Ruth, the kiss portion. <laughs> okay. So he said to the kinsman redeemer, Naomi, <clears throat> excuse me, Naomi. Um, <laughs> oh, I just okay. went through puberty today. Actually, that's a lie. I have three kids, so you know it's happened early. Um, okay, that completely blew my train of thought. <laughs> I'm like that guy. I'm like that dog from Up, you know, Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> I looked over. Something, something distracts me. Naomi, who has come back from Moab, is selling the piece of land that belonged to our, our relative Elimelech. I thought I should bring the matter to your attention and suggest that you buy it in here in the presence of these seated here, and the presence of the elders of my people. If you if you will redeem it, do so. But if you will not, tell me so, so I will know. For no one has the right to do it except you, and I am next in line. 
I will redeem it, he said. But then Boaz said, On the day you buy the land from Naomi, you will also acquire Ruth the Moabitess from the dead, the dead man's widow in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. At this, oh, Jesus, the Redeemer said, Oh, and I cannot redeem it because I might endanger my own estate. You redeem it. I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, in earlier times in Israel, for the redemption and transfer of property to become final, one part property took off his sandal and gave it to the other. And this was the method of legalizing transaction in Israel. There is one other thing if you go back to the law. If a kinsman redeemer refuses to do his duty and redeem the property or the widow or whatever, then he is to give up his sandal, one of his sandals. Hmm. And it's actually, um, in the law, it was supposed to be a almost a disgrace. He'd basically be called the one, the man with one sandal after that, which is like, oh, he did not do his duty. Oh, He's huh. the man with one sandal. Oh, interesting. Is that like how it is like in Asian culture? I don't know if it's everywhere, but I know at least in Japan what they do is that when they are like dishonorable in like samurai times, they mm-hmm. um, have to like cut their hair um, and it's like a showing of I'm a changed man or I am uh, a person who is dishonored. There's like a certain way of cutting their hair and everything. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, it's similar to that. Basically, he's showing that I'm not I'm not doing the duty that I'm supposed to do. Right. Um, but under under the law. So, and that was God's order to do this. So he's basically just disobeying God. Not that the law diso- disobeyed, but what the law in its condemnation of sin was was unable to save mm. because no one was able to keep the law completely and fully except for the one who made it and that would be god jesus right um we can try and try and try to keep the whole law but if we even fall at one point at any time in our lives then we're condemned jesus was of course the only perfect person who was able to completely fill the whole law why he helped write it he knew it. Yeah. Um, and being God and having the mind of God, he knew exactly how to keep it correctly without making any mistakes. Mm-hmm. So um, go back to the, the line, the witch in the wardrobe, when Aslan is giving this discourse to the two girls and uh, he had just been sacrificed on the stone table. And he says, when a willing victim who has committed no treachery is killed in a traitor's stead, the table would crack and death itself would start working backwards. Um, That was in C.S. Lewis's work that was showing basically what Jesus did. Um, Mm -hmm. He didn't commit any offenses, no treachery to the law. So he was able to save completely. He was able to be the kinsman redeemer that we needed, just as Boaz is in this place. So one party took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the method of legalizing transactions in Israel. So the kinsman redeemer said to Boaz, buy it yourself, and he removed his sandal. Mm. 
Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilian, and Machalon. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Machalon's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property. So someone that was dead, a name that was dead, is now alive. That is us, mm -hmm. redeemed in Jesus. Um, with this property, so that the name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Then the elders and all the people at the gate said, We are witnesses. May the Lord make the woman who is coming into your home like Rachel and Leah, who together built up the family of Israel. May you have, may you have standing in Ephrathah and be famous in Bethlehem through the offspring the Lord gives you by this young woman. May your family be like that of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah. Mm. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he had made love to her, she Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise the Lord who has done this today, has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter and for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. And women living there said, Naomi has a son. And they named him Obed. Um, the father of Jesse, the father of David. Then hmm. this is the family line of Perez. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram the father of Minadab. And this is what's interesting. Normally in the law, um, instead of Boaz being the name, it should have been um, probably Elimelech because that son essentially became Elimelech's, um, became mm. Naomi's after this. But in the family line that is given, Elimelech is omitted, and Boaz is put in instead. Why? Because he did the right thing. He honored God, and his name wasn't left out. Okay. And so it is through um, Boaz that the line of David goes back to Adam. Hmm. God honored him because he honored God. Hezron, the father of Ram, Ram, the father of Aminadab, Aminadab, the father of Nashon, Nashon, the father of Salmon, Salmon, the father of Boaz, Boaz, the father of Obed, mm. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David. So, Boaz was the grandfather of David, and Naomi was a grandmother of David. Hmm. And you see the Gentiles brought in to the line of, of Jews. Interesting. So at the same way, we are grafted into the family of God when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Right. So key takeaways. One, this is an event that happened in history, a real event that happened in history that foreshadows Jesus redeeming us. The covering, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, saying, cover me, um, 
with your blood. You know, cover me with with redeem me, um, like Ruth did to to Boaz. Mm-hmm. So, and you see, Naomi is redeemed too, in that she is given descendants. Who did Jesus come through? The line of David. And so the Jews will, when they accept him, have Jesus as their Messiah. Mm. So you see that Naomi represents the Jewish side. Um, Ruth represents the Gentile side. Right. But we all come together in the family of God because of what Jesus did. That's really cool. So that is the book of Ruth. There's a lot of depth there in just a story. Yeah, sure is. And that completes our Bible lesson for today. All right, cool. Nice. Any takeaways? Yeah, let's talk about takeaways. Good. (laughs) Great insight, Blake. Good. Good. I thought I thought the the word said the thing, and that was cool. My thoughts exactly. The word said the thing, and that's what I got. I found it interesting that said, may you be famous through Bethlehem. I mean, was that just a blessing they said to everyone, or were they being prophetic there? Famous throughout all Israel. Um, Think about it. The name of Boaz has not disappeared. No. Hmm. No, but I mean, they specifically mentioned Bethlehem, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Like, did they just say that for everyone, whether you're near or far from Bethlehem, or was it just in that moment? God gave him a prophetic thing to say. I I don't know. It was prophetic, though. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting, though, that you saw a lot of people that were leaving, you know, because we know from reading Judges that everybody did what was right in their own eyes. Mm-hmm. But here's a man who still understands the law, who knows the law, is trying to follow the law um, correctly. He's trying to honor God. And even back then, even though they didn't have the Holy Spirit, even though they didn't have the salvation of Jesus, right. um, we know that he was still, once Jesus sacrificed himself on the cross, you know, that sacrifice stood for the past, present, and future. Right. And God sees the heart because Boaz, Boaz honored um, God at that time. I believe we're going to see him in heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean... Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people in the Old Testament that we're going to see in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just depends on like how they upkept the law and, you know. Well, it depends on or their, their heart. hearts for God. On the heart, yeah, their, their heart was for God. God. That's what I was talking about. And, I, you know, keeping upkeeping the law and also heart for God kind of goes hand in hand. But sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes just do it for show. But, yeah. Yeah, but God, God knows. God knows. Um, exactly. What is it in Peter where it talks about, uh, we talked about this once before, Jesus descended and then left captives in his train. I'm trying to think, or he ascended leaving captives in his train. Basically, there were people, I don't think that people who had accepted Christ um, pre, or they they hadn't had the chance to accept Christ pre-crucifixion in history, but I think maybe God kept them in Sheol and in a place in the grave um, called Abraham's bosom is the only way we know. The only reason why we know Abraham's bosom existed and we don't really have another name for it 
was because Jesus talked about it with the dead man Lazarus. Yep. And that's where Moses was. That's where Lazarus was. This is a place set aside for the people, the righteous who who die, um, before the sacrifice of Christ. And then once Jesus um, died on the cross, he was able to go there. At that point, their sins were covered by his blood, and they were able to go up to heaven. Right. Um, that's my understanding of it. And I'm sure there's other pastors huh. out there that will be like, where do you get that from the Bible? But I suggest that they read the Bible very, very closely, yeah. both new and old. If you don't, you won't have a complete picture of it all. Yep. True. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna go on. What were you gonna add to it? I was gonna say I don't. I don't believe that God abandoned all of all of um, all the people in time mm -hmm. up till the up till the crucifixion, and just said, "Ah, oh, sorry, you're just born in the wrong time, so you got to go to hell." Yeah, that makes yeah, no sense. That's not a loving God. <laughs> No, and it also it also limits God to being in the main line of the mainstream of time, yeah, like we are, where God, God lives outside of it. Yeah, He's outside of line, and that's 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 man's mind limiting God because of lack of imagination, lack of of understanding, a lack of wow. yeah, a lack of uh, understanding. Yeah. Also, yeah. our brain can only do so much brain power, so it's and so limited. We only know also what God reveals to us through his Holy Spirit and the word. Yeah. And I'm always learning. I mean, yeah. I, I learned it All wasn't until actually today that I that I was realizing that, um, whoa, um, basically that Naomi represents the Jews and and. and um, Ruth represents the Gentiles, all God bringing us all together until until one. Yeah, until I didn't. I didn't notice that till you were talking about. It. I thought that was really cool because I never. Yeah. I didn't notice the uh, kinsman redeemer. How there was that first one, and that like you were saying, it represents the law. Mm -hmm. Um, I hadn't noticed that one before either. That was super cool. Yeah. And so that it took the second one to actually do the redemption, which is Jesus, mm -hmm. law unable to, Jesus, he's able. All yeah, right. it's like one of those details that you would miss if you're just reading through it. But if you really look at it, and yeah, that's really eye-opening. It is, yeah. There's a lot of cool. As you God say, yeah, God is in the details. I was just about to say that. <laughs> so cool. All right, well, leading on from the Book of Ruth, I guess we can go ahead and lead into um, your guys' vacation because you guys went to Texas. Yeah, I'll be right back. All right. So, Dan... Uh, it was good. Okay. So, Ben <laughs> Lewis was there. Yes, he was. Yeah, uh, which... Moves away. Yes, our Crusader brother who is away. Crusading yeah. in Texas. <laughs> no, we went down to South Padre yep. Island and we met up with him there and we went on fun adventures catching crabs in the sand we dug a well, it was big kind of hole. a last minute idea though what yeah it was, we legit, we called him up on the way down and we're like yo want to join us <laughs> that's true <laughs> nice. yeah, that's, that's i literally cool. so i literally had no idea that you guys went on vacation until <laughs> you were sending pictures and i was like wait that's been lewis in that picture <laughs> <laughs> oh so, wow 
It was Ben Lewis and not the crabs we were holding that tipped you off. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second. He's not in. He's not in Kansas anymore. Toto, we're no. not in Kansas anymore. The yeah. picture Ooh. Ooh, of pizza. the crab that I sent you in Discord. I found Ooh. that crab in the middle of a par- uh, Walmart parking lot. I hate this right now. Oh, yeah. He's eating that what? so well, and I'm really Ooh. hungry. So. <laughs> Oh, it's good. It's, you're rubbing it in, no. You want the you want that taco, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pizza. No, it's no, a taco. Okay. Anyway, it's an unfolded so we taco. So went crab in a Walmart parking lot. Yeah, we were we were ocean, sitting so. marooned in a Walmart parking lot because uh, mom and dad were shopping and we didn't feel like going in, so we were just sitting in the parking lot. And nice. I noticed there was a crab that had just crawled underneath our car in the middle of the parking lot. So I picked oh. it up. We took some pictures. We nice. uh, set it free next to the ocean again. Nice. I'm honestly surprised that the crows didn't eat it. Oh, it yeah. Uh, down there, it is uh, grackles and... Yeah, grackles. Seagulls. Lots of seagulls. And seagulls and grackles. grackles. Everywhere. And then tiny baby crabs. And large crabs. Oh, they're big crabs, they're too. Both. There's all kinds of crabs. There's really big. Oh, there's a lot but of crabs. You don't want to grab the big crabs. No. You, oh, yeah. The elderly down there, those people will beat the crud out of you. So, <laughs> Well, no, we'll talk about the golf cart gang later. <laughs> not, all okay, so. crabs, not all of them are crabs. I'm just kidding. Oh, that's funny. Besides the regular beach fun, you know, swimming and whatnot, we we also went out at night with flashlights and we were running along the beach and we were catching crabs and the little ones, you can just pick them right up. They won't do anything to you. But I found out once you start picking up the bigger ones, they get more aggressive. And I got a nasty pinch from one on my hand. Oh, nice. I, had brought, I had brought uh, gloves thinking, oh, if they pinch me, you know, I'll be fine. But then they weren't pinching, so I took off the glove. Then I picked up oh, the big one. Then it of did course, and then it did and pinch was, you, yeah. Yeah, it drew blood. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't lose a finger or anything. Nah, nah, they, it was fine. But uh, it was cool, fun, catching crabs out there nice. on the beach. Fun. We also cool. dug a real big hole, which then the ocean claimed. So then we dug a bigger <laughs> hole. The ocean got that one, too. <laughs> I was waiting tried. for it. <laughs> why, <laughs> did it why, why, buy, why dig big hole? That's yeah. a dumb question, Zach. Yeah. Why would you dig a big <laughs> hole? True. A like, why, why, would I, why, why would I even? Why would I even ask that question? It's obvious. <laughs> yeah. Big hole so because it's built, a big hole. It's cool. This time we dug a third hole, refusing to move further up on the beach because we weren't going to give in to the ocean. <laughs> we took all the extra sand and piled it up, and we made a gigantic wedge, and then we dug trenches so that when the tide came in, the t- trenches diverted it. And the uh, okay, big nice. wedge became like a, a sea breaker. And this hole lived. And it was there when we left. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Cool. Just wait Although for the, the uh, tsunami to come in. And it was later, the, na- the nature conservationists were like, you're killing hundreds of baby turtles, by the way, when you leave holes like that on the beach. I'm like, yeah. well, boys, we just exterminated a hundred sea turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It, the tide would that would completely f- wash that stuff flat. Oh, it's, Maybe it's gone now. It, it did. It was gone. It was gone the day we l- dug it. By the end of that day, it would have been nothing but. Oh, nah, I think it was again. gone the next morning. But anyways, this is, this is cool, hilarious. Bro. Can I interject something real quick? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, so when we were at the sea turtle rescue place, 
they were talking about how you don't want to do sand compaction. Sand compaction is when you drive along the 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 seacoast on the sand, right? And with your car and you compact that so flat that sea turtle nests they can't break up out of the sand um because it's it's been compacted, compacted over. Yeah. And so they die. They're, they, they, they're just stuck down in there, and then they suffocate, die, and they can't make it to the ocean. So we come back to Wichita. and Well, I just gave out exactly where we're at. No, no we're oh, not Wichita. We're not Wichita. Just, no. just believe it. Yeah. So we go to this movie. We're in Douglas. Right? <laughs> and there's this, this stupid, I don't know if it was a Hyundai or what commercial it was, but it has this total um, ponytailed, millennial i'm out to save the world you know woke dipwad driving along the sand he's dry he's got this like uh like this rake thing behind him and he's cleaning up all this stuff off the off the all this trash off the beach just driving back and forth back and forth then he goes and parks and he's watching this and all these sea turtles start coming up out of the sand and they have a clean ocean to go into. Right? I'm just sitting there thinking, wow, someone didn't do the research because for the first off, that dude trying to do a good deed would have literally killed in reality every oh, single yeah. one of those sea turtles because oh, they couldn't come up out of their hole. Like that is just that or the is rake would have just killed them. Uh the what? Or the rake would have got them. The rake would have got them. It's like good grief. So it just goes to show you how had the stupidity of wokeness because they they think oh I'm gonna save the world and clean the beach up and and do all this stuff well you didn't do your homework first because you just killed several thousand sea turtles because right. they couldn't get out of their stupid holes yeah. morons turtles are very dead <laughs> rip turtles but it was anyway it was a good vacation a lot yeah, of fun true we also um. So the southern part of the island's got like where the town and whatnot, all the buildings and the hotels are at. But if you go to the northern part, it's just like all sea dunes and like low grassy marshland. Ooh, so we okay. went hiking up around in there for a while. And what surprised me, there were prairie dogs on this island. Didn't think I'd see those out there, but they were there. Weird. <laughs> on an island? Yeah. Prairie dogs. Well, I mean, it, it's it's like right now. You basically you have like a the island here. There's like a bay, and then like the mainland here. So it's not like way out in the middle. Of the oh, middle, okay, right gotcha. But I mean, you just still. cross a bridge to get on the island. But yeah, still, it was like, why are there prairie dogs out here? But they <laughs> so were there. Weird. But me and uh, Blake, we went hiking out into the dunes, which was a lot of fun. We were going up over the hills trying to catch the lizards. You can't catch a lizard. They're so freaking fast on that sand. Oh, yeah, I bet. But we're out there, and we see this object in the distance. We're like, what is that? We get a little closer, and we're like, there's a camper out here. So we uh, go out to the camper to investigate. Some guy had driven his camper out there, gotten it half stuck in like this low, marshy, wet area, and then abandoned it. And it had been sitting out there for a while because it had like gigantic holes in the side. Like You could just walk right into it, even though the front door was locked. <laughs> and so we were like, huh. Interesting, and in classic Fallout fashion, we of course went in and saw what was going on. We told the people had been in there before, and like opened all the different covers. There was like pots and pans on the floor, whatnot. Wow. Already been raided by like all the homeless people. Zane, the front door wasn't locked. Yeah, it was, it was just rusted. It. Well, the point—it was shut, but it didn't matter because you could just walk right in through the side. That's so <laughs> funny. 
I don't know who was the guy who drove his camper out there, got stuck, and was like, "Hey, you know what? Don't need it. <laughs> don't need it. Not worth the effort." Someone with too much money, probably. Oh, yeah, claim insurance. He like everything was still in there, like pots, pans, sardines. He didn't even like, salvage like the pots and pans or anything. Nope. No. Crazy. Dang. He so literally unhooked it and was like, "Too much work." Bye. Yeah, and then he just took off. My goodness. Yeah. That was interesting. Cool. Mm. Very interesting. Rate it. Nothing uh, like rating. Yeah. I'm going to show this picture I took. Whatever you do, though, don't dub in any music from um, S-T-A-R-W-A-R blank. You can say Star Wars, Dad. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Disney would go off this and immediately take it over. Because you put that music on. Disney. See the two oh, sons? Oh my gosh, that's actually oh, really wow. cool, yeah. See if I can... Where's that? What happened? What happened to the other son? Oh, it's still there. It's still there, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. That's a really cool picture, actually. Nice. Anyway. That's my favorite picture from the entire uh, entire vacation. Yeah. Other yeah. than the gigantic seagull about ready to eat this boat. They're growing big out there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Can you see it? Oh wow, that's a big <laughs> that's a big old seagull. <laughs> wow. Was that ship actually in like being use? Yeah, it's yeah. big. Oh, it's that's a awesome. restaurant. You so it's actually just a motor-powered modern-day ship that they've built. Oh, just all the woodwork in and the style. Woodwork. Okay, but it's a restaurant. Cool. You said, yeah. You pay, you can go eat on it. They're like, oh, did like you guys pirates. do that or no? no? No, we didn't do it. That was expensive. Oh, I bet we just watched them go back and forth. We did go dolphin watching. And so oh, we did. Oh, dolphins! What was cool is our cabin that we rented was like right on the seashore. Like you walk out, there's our deck, a patio, and then they had like a seawall, and then boom, beach and ocean. So nice. you'd like walk outside every morning, you just see all the wildlife. There was this big old stingray that I watched swim by one day. There was like smaller butterfly rays too that were swimming around. We even held some of them, huh? Oh we yeah, even held some of them. The yeah, butterfly right. rays that had no stinger. Ooh. Yeah, butterfly rays are safe to hold and whatnot. They had like caught a bunch of sea life on the bottom of the ocean. They caught this little puffer fish creature. They also caught an electric eel, which was interesting because I had heard from watching, you know, Animal Planet and stuff that they're only in South America, but that's wrong. There you go. So hmm. there's a lot of cool things. Got to hold shrimp, which behave a lot like crickets. They just kind of jump all over the place. A shrimp. Shrimp. Yeah, when you pick them up, they're like, yeah, jittery little little guys. Yeah, they taste good though. Yeah, they do. Yep. Ocean cricket. That was the first time I actually went out there and tried lobster too at the Pineapple Ninja. It was really good. Wait, the first time of... having lobster? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my I tried goodness, to where have you well, been? It's <laughs> I... It is, but it's good. Been waiting for a good time to try it, and I was like, well, "Let's get the freshest go. lobster out there," and it was amazing. Mm, it was not really as sweet good. as shrimp, but really good. Oh wow! Oh, that looks tasty. Mm-hmm. That looks awesome. Yep, and. Zane, did you tell them about the boogie boards? Uh, no. What well, the... see, we got some boogie boards out there, and we got better ones this time. They didn't snap in half. 
At least some of them didn't. Okay. And you'd have to time it where you'd jump with the waves and it'd just glide you across the water and you'd be like riding on top of the wave. It was amazing. Nice. Surfing for noobs. As long Sweet. as you didn't slam into your buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which Ben Although, Lewis was like right in front of me and I hit this guy, but we were all right. We did have to keep an eye out because there was a bunch of Portuguese man of war, which if you don't know, they're kind of like jellyfish. I think they're related to jellyfish, but they're like three separate organisms. They're a weird creature. Anyways, they float cool. on the surface of the water, though, and then their tentacles hang down below. Yeah. So you can kind of see them coming as long as you're paying attention. But they were coming up and they were washing up on the beach, so you had to watch out for them so you didn't get stung. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to get stung yeah. by one of those. Have someone pee yeah. on your leg. No, don't nah, use, use vinegar. Don't. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You, uh, vinegar works better. <laughs> oh, yeah, way better. And you got water. Else, you know, this yeah. gives you an idea of how much you get to eat at that place when you buy it in perspective. Oh, my goodness. Blake, that's like bigger than the size of your head. Yeah, it was. That's, that's insane. You pay a lot of money for it, but you get a lot of food. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah we cool. did play with the lobster tails for a while after. I was waving <laughs> they at gave them to us. I was cool. Is that a crab? Yeah. Yeah, I see it now. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Little, Little crabby guy. boy. There were these boy. real big crabs that were blue that were real cool looking. Then they were being... They were very cautious, though. You try to, like, take pictures or something of them, they immediately dart down their holes that they dig. Oh. Huh. I mean, them crap They're, crabs, shy. Though, they're, they're shy, shy creatures. Oh, cool. Well, yes. sounds like it was, like, a good vacation. Yep. Oh, yep. I went to the largest Warhammer shop in North America. Yeah. That's true. Oh. We were driving through a place called Grapevine, Texas, and we go by this uh, building, looks like a house. Nothing right. special. I mean, kind of a big house, but just a house. Yeah. There's a sign up front. And it's like Warhammer headquarters of North America. The Games like, Workshop. The yeah, game, Games makes Workshop's it. headquarters of North America. Oh, that's like, awesome. Huh, it's weird. Why wow. would there be a random house in this neighborhood with this, that in front of it? Then we turn the next corner and then that's we find awesome. the biggest Warhammer shop in North America. And we're like, that's so, so lucky. That's so Check cool. out these gaming tables. I mean, the detail that they go into on these things. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah, it's basically an all-day thing and probably all-day next week. Uh, <laughs> you should take a vacation to play this game. Oh, no, yeah, it's dude. not that long. It's mm -hmm. fairly fast-paced. That's crazy. They had, like, six of these tables, though. Here's another picture that shows you some guys around four of them. And then there's a blood angel in the background. Nice. The statue just as big as the one out front. Oh, yeah. All the balding men. That's definitely Warhammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were in there, too. <laughs> there are so, a few young people. Of course, we had to go in there and check it out. Oh, that yeah, cool. dude. That looks awesome. Oh, yeah. That's a that. So you guys just happened to get there just by luck? Yeah, dude, we did not expect it. We're like, we saw that, and we're like, "That's bizarre. Why would that just be in the middle of a random neighborhood?" Then we turned the corner, and there's that shop, and we're like, "Well, and the shop is out of the way. We wouldn't have seen it if they didn't have a big statue of a space marine out front." Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. That's awesome. 
Yep. The staff there were pretty cool. Um, the people there were pretty cool. They had a lot of nice models and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Expensive cool books. Oh, yeah. Models? Yeah. You said muddles. Models. Sorry, I'm eating. That's why <laughs> I came out wrong. <laughs> They're boosting moodles. <laughs> Back to speaking Gaelic again. Yep. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting some more pizza. The Gaelic episode. Oh, yeah. I'll teach you on Tuesdays and Mondays how to speak Gaelic. Well, you know what? I have like a really fun idea. What we should do is that we should all just have like a watch party and just all, just have a podcast episode of us reacting to Morbius. <laughs> and all of us just watching Morbius in the group chat. We don't actually like show it on the podcast. It's just our reactions to it. And the audience right. can like watch it along like if they have it. So we can put in like time. a timestamp of when we start, so they know yeah, where we so are. In the exactly, exactly. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. I mean, it is the most movie of the year. So. Yes, it is the most movie of the year. So, yeah. Can't wait for the second Morbius two, the Morbing. The Morbing, yeah, I can't wait for the Morbing. There was also. a teaser trailer I saw where Morbius versus Obi Wan. It was amazing. <laughs> yes, I mm. saw that too. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, by the way, have you guys seen the new Obi Wan Kenobi show? Yeah, yeah it's okay. Like it. It's okay. Yeah, I don't think it's I bad. Don't it's like that they have Darth Vader and Obi Wan fighting, though. That kind of goes against what already was established in the very first Star Wars movie. I feel yeah. like it would have been better written if it had been a game of cat and mouse where they're being chased by Vader, but just staying one step ahead of them. Right, that could work. Or like at the end of the show, they fight. Maybe it's brief. I don't know. I, Maybe it's brief at the end of the show because they fought in like just, the third episode, and I was like, not expecting them to do that in the third episode at all. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense because in the very first Star Wars movie, they're talking about how they had this is the first time they'd seen each other since they had parted ways. Yep, but they should not have met. Now that wasn't true, so it it just it, it kind of threw sense. it under the bus. Yeah, it's like okay, well, they didn't read that line in the movie. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I enjoyed I'm also wondering what's that I liked episode 1 and 2 I'm hoping that it'll get better again oh I'm sure it will some people say it's too slow paced but I'm like well there's only really? so much you can do ex- with Obi-Wan though I, I, was, ex- I was expecting it to be slow paced though me too it's Tatooine compared- where you start off there's not <laughs> yeah. much that happens out there yeah. compared to like a Marvel movie I mean, I th- yeah. I think yeah, like I think people are hooked because it's Disney. People are hooked on like action, action, action. I'm, I want it to be breakneck speed, but you know, slow hey, well, burns I'm always like, good. Slow down, bro. Yeah, yeah. Gotta have a plot. Yeah, gotta say, have a plot. I think there is one movie though that came out recently that we all think is great. Morbius. The new Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what I was gonna say. That's what <laughs> Not Morbius. No, no, Morbius, <laughs> Morbius, Morbius, Morbius. The new Top movie. Gun. Have, have all oh. of you guys seen it? That was a great movie. I haven't yeah, I really yet. It. I need to. Oh, you haven't seen it, Zach? It's, it's good. You need to check yeah, it out. Yeah. It's uh, just a fun movie. We yeah. went to it, and this guy uh, was like, in the theater, okay, hold up. Let me explain it like this. So we went there, and Tom Cruise was like, hi, guys. I made this movie just for you. A video that, that played spiel. before the movie started. Right. Yeah. 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 And then this guy That's goes, cool. you know what, Tom? In the crowd. Mm-hmm. Scream it out, absolutely obnoxious. Like it's pitch dark, it's quiet, and this this redneck guy, like, oh yeah, Tom, we're here for you. <laughs> it was funny. Great. Uh, you know what's cool That's about awesome. that one too is that there's no CGI. They actually had the jets and were doing all the stunts. Yeah, so that, actual F-18s, right F-14s. Yeah. 
That was so cool. Sweet. I mean, there was CGI, but yeah, for the most part, it was all, all the I mean, I guess when a plane gets shot and explodes. Yeah, but like planes doing all the tricks and stuff, that was real. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Imagine Which if it just it like awesome blew up jets. <laughs> that would be very expensive. You know how expensive and dangerous that would be? Oh my oh, gosh. gosh. <laughs> all right. Action. Action. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nobody was hurt in the making of this. How much did this film cost? Well, let's see. We destroyed about two billion dollars worth of planes. So, <laughs> yeah. so like three. Yeah. <laughs> so like three. Way more destroyed than that. You're gonna. That's the budget's gonna dramatically go up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's our budget? Uh, you know Rwanda. <laughs> <laughs> we sold it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Also, the new Avatar. That new Avatar came out with the trailer. Oh, oh the blue Avatar people. Two. Yeah, I thought you were talking about Netflix's. Wait, no. the seven foot blue guys. Yeah, the blue animal people, alien race thing. There's a new one coming out. It looks uh, good. Bad enough. It looks good. Like that's like the like the CGI looks good, but I don't know. I oh yeah. Mean, that's. Oh. We destroyed our mother. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. Give me a freaking <laughs> So you didn't like Avatar, the first one? Humanity no. first. Destroy the aliens. Humanity first. <laughs> yes. I, I, it's, I had nothing against the aliens or anything like that, you know, but I mean, even though they aren't real, um, what got me is at the very end when he's like confessing the sins of humanity destroying our mother to a stupid tree yeah. I mean, oh i re- oh i understand that whole speech yeah well my question is why didn't the guy that they like made into an alien to go and talk to the aliens do his job and like come up with an agreement to save humanity and also the aliens he just kind sure. of like dipped out yeah well he, he like oh humans are worth saving i'm gonna become an alien now yeah <laughs> <it's fresh. That's- laughs> Who oh, did dear. that movie? James Cameron? I don't know. I didn't I like it. I think so. The CGI is impressive, but I mean, that's not... That's about, like, the story's not good. That's a low bar. The story's that's why awful. That movie, that's why that movie's famous, because it's, like, the most beautiful CGI movie ever. Yeah, and then now the yeah, second one's going to come out, enough, and yeah. to be honest, like, the CGI looks good, but, like, it's not, like, ten steps ahead of, like, all the other CGI that we have. No. Like, not nowadays. Yeah, nowadays, yeah, it's like, you know, I don't know how they're going to upgrade anything. But anyways, yeah. So, anything uh, else we want to talk about? I don't know. I watched it once. I was offended. Once is enough. <laughs> I have a question about the taco pizza. Okay, yes. The ta- zone? Huh? Isn't it closer to a calzone? Oh, the calzone. See, this is what we talked about. The calzone is just a pizza, right? But it's actually been folded over. That's where, like, a pizza is just a taco unfolded. Yes. So a calzone's just yeah, a taco. A calzone then? has its edges crimped and braided to make it look fancy. True. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Italians are flamboyant. True. So, so a calzone's all sealed up, right? Where a taco's yeah. open. No, not necessarily. Calzone, like a soft shell tacos. 
people. Hold on. A, cal- a calzone is the secret society of like pizzas Dude. and like, <laughs> pizza and taco. They have nothing to hide. It's just Wait, an oversized you know? Yeah. So it is. It's an oversized pizza roll, but also isn't a pizza roll just a burrito? Yes. Italian burrito. Wait, wait. It's not. What if you fry it? What if you fry the pizza roll? I've had fried pizza rolls. Is that still a burrito? Well, if it's deep, is it deep fried? Yes. Guys, aren't we just rehashing episode eight? That's true. True. Yeah. Shall we end it, Zach? Yes, we shall end it. All right. Thank you, everyone, for watching the DS Vault podcast. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close in prayer, and then we'll go ahead and close it out. All right. Dearly Father, thank you so much for um, this this really interesting and great episode about how we go in depth about Ruth, and um, then we go and talk about uh, their vacation in Texas, um, and then all the way talking about pizza and if it's a taco. And just thank you for this fun group of guys as well as um, people who listen to this podcast and just we make them laugh as well as we touch their heart um, through you, Lord. And just um, we love you dearly. Um, thank you for um, all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. All right. On the count of three, let's all do, let's all say DS Vault. Okay. One, two, three. Deus Deus there we go. Oh that Lord, works. Guys. I was a little be- I was a little before, but that's alright. <laughs> good enough. Alright. It is good enough. Alright. Well, anyways, thank you guys for watching. Um subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also leave a review on Spotify if you're watching us on Spotify. And then in the future, I'm gonna try to get this podcast on some other platforms like Apple. Um, but yeah. Alright, thank you guys again for watching. Um, all have a great day. Bye. Have a good one. Later, boys.